97.1 FM, The Drive presents the Behind the Song podcast, taking you deeper into classic rock's most timeless tunes. Here's your host, Janda. America's greatest rock and roll band. That's what they're referred to, and it's no small wonder. Five guys who found success after gelling together in the city of Boston in 1970 and became the biggest selling American hard rock band of all time with a string of albums and songs that now seem a part of our American DNA. Aerosmith aren't anywhere near as wholesome as apple pie, but their music is as bombastic and colorful as the 4th of July, rooted in the blues that truly is an American invention. If you like this episode, don't forget to give it a like at the end and hit that subscribe button. By the time Aerosmith released their third album, 1975's Toys in the Attic, they had already tasted chart success when their first single, Dream On, first edged onto the chart. But they were still very much a band on the rise, with something to prove to the record executives at Columbia. They toured nonstop after their second album, 1974's Get Your Wings, their first with producer Jack Douglas, opening for bands like Black Sabbath and Mott the Hoople. Get Your Wings did well enough to get the label off their back, and the band brought Douglas back to produce Toys in the Attic. This was the album that established them as a worldwide concern when it came to hard rock. It's a wall-to-wall collection of songs that etched Aerosmith on the Mount Rushmore of rock and is a milestone for the band. From the title track to Walk This Way to Sweet Emotion, Toys in the Attic set the band apart from critics who just wanted to compare them to the Rolling Stones. It turned them into a headline act and it is their best-selling album to date. Toys in the Attic was recorded in the middle of winter at the famed record plant in New York City, hallowed ground that had seen the likes of Jimi Hendrix who had his own mirror-covered bathroom there, and John Lennon, among many others. New York City in the 1970s was a dangerous place, and guitarist Joe Perry recalls always walking in the middle of the street when carrying his guitar for fear of what might be lurking in the shadows at the edges of the building on the sidewalks. But he, frontman and toxic twin Steven Tyler, drummer Joey Kramer, rhythm guitarist Brad Whitford, and bass player Tom Hamilton— fed off that energy and took it with them into the studio, channeled it into the amazing energy of the songs that they were working on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And it was actually Tom Hamilton who first came up with the music that would become the breakthrough single from the album. Shy then about presenting ideas to the band, he had played a riff that he heard in his head months before to Steven Tyler, who liked it. But it didn't go anywhere until it came time to record material for Toys in the Attic. The story goes that the band had already recorded most of the songs for the album, and Jack Douglas mentioned that they had an extra day booked at the record plant, asking if anyone had anything else that they hadn't tried yet. Hamilton said that he did, and played the rest of the band what he had been working on. 
They were blown away and immediately spent that day recording what would become Sweet Emotion, a song that goes from soft to loud, with a little nod of inspiration to one of Hamilton's heroes, The Who, driven by killer riffs and a bass line that just won't quit. Hamilton admits that he scratched his head when he first heard the lyrics that Steven Tyler had come up with for the song. Recorded during a time of real camaraderie between the band members and what they called their sixth member, Jack Douglas, a time of collective us-against-them in terms of their mindset, determined to make it big. The lyrics of Sweet Emotion reveal old hurts and barbed feelings from Tyler, who was, at that time, nearly inseparable from Joe Perry. They were roommates both on and off the road, and when Perry moved out to live with his girlfriend, Alyssa Jarrett, Tyler took offense. In fact, he says he was jealous of Perry's relationship with Alyssa, who became Perry's first wife right around the time Toys in the Attic was being recorded and released. And there was another issue within the band that wouldn't help relieve tensions between personnel or their wives and significant others. Drugs were so much a part of Aerosmith's day-to-day regimen that Joey Kramer has said that the band were the single biggest market for cocaine and pot in New England. So, with infighting and jealousy feeding on their already frazzled nerves, despite the fact that they were making the album that would finally give them the success that they were after, Steven Tyler wrote the lyrics for Sweet Emotion from a place of jealousy-fueled attack. And those daggers start flying almost from the top of the song. After the lyrics, sweet emotion, come hurling out of nowhere. And then the first verse goes like this. You talk about things that nobody cares. Wearing other things that nobody wears. You're calling my name, but I gotta make it clear. I can't say, baby, where I'll be in a year. Steven Tyler has said that these lyrics stem from an incident in which Perry's girlfriend, Alyssa, declined to share their drugs with him in a hotel room. Bruised, he held on to that feeling and saved the put-down for the song, where the line, I can't say, baby, where I'll be in a year, would infer that wherever Tyler was in the future, it would hopefully not be anywhere near her. And the song goes on. Some sweat hog mama with a face like a gent said my get up and go must have got up and went. Well, I got good news. She's a real good liar because a backstage boogie set your pants on fire. Sweet emotion. That's Tyler basically calling Joe Perry's girlfriend, then wife, a groupie. And here's why. He, Alyssa, and Joe Perry all knew each other from growing up back in their Lake Sunapee, New Hampshire days. Perry had, over the years, developed quite a crush on her, but was shy around her and finally got up the gumption to write her that the band had been signed to a record deal. Now, at that time, Alyssa was dating an English rocker named Joe Hammer, who was managed by Led Zeppelin's manager, Peter Grant. But upon hearing this, she flew back to the States and began her relationship with Perry. This was all noted by Steven Tyler, who put it down in the song. And the song goes on. I pulled into town in a police car. Your daddy said I took it just a little too far. You're telling other things, but your girlfriend lied. You can't catch me because the rabbit done died. Yes, it did. Now, what's interesting about this verse is that it refers to something called the rabbit test. 
This was a real pregnancy test developed in the 1930s by scientists at the University of Pennsylvania, which basically took the urine of a pregnant woman and injected it into a rabbit. The hormones of a pregnant woman would cause the ovaries of the rabbit to become enlarged, and a couple of days later, the scientists would dissect the rabbit to see if that was indeed the case. So, if the rabbit died, it indicates a pregnancy test result in layman's terms. And in using the term in the context of this song, Tyler evokes a beware of gold-digging women who may claim pregnancy in order to secure a relationship kind of vibe. Another shot fired against the significant others in their private lives within the lyrics as a whole. And the last verse is a final slight about what Tyler perceived as typical groupie behavior. Standing in the front, just shaking your ass. I take you backstage, you can drink from my glass. I talk about something you can sure understand. Cause a month on the road and I'll be eaten from your hand. Sweet emotion. Anyway, you slice it. The song was a bona fide hit. And if Joe Perry had any hesitation about including the song on the album, knowing what the lyrics were about, it didn't stop him or the band from enjoying the success of their first song to hit the top 40. In fact, Sweet Emotion drove the Toys in the Attic album to hit the top 10 and in turn caused the label to re-release Dream On from their debut album as a single, which then went on to number six on the singles chart. Sweet Emotion blew the doors open for Aerosmith, complete with Perry's killer riffs and the use of a talk box on his guitar and Steven Tyler using packets of sugar for the maraca sounds. All done in overdubs after the basic track was recorded on the very last day that they were booked at the record plant. Tom Hamilton was blown away and said that with this song, he finally got one on the scoreboard even though it was a long way from the bass line that he first plunked together one night many months before. And even though the lyrics held up a mirror on the drama between the band and their ladies. And there's something else that's unique about this song. There is said to be a hidden message buried within it. The story goes that the band recorded themselves clapping and chanting, which is played backwards in the final mix of the bridge of the song, creating that suction noise that you hear. The chant had to do with the fact that their ex-manager, Frank Connolly, had recently been diagnosed with cancer and decided to sell the rights to manage the band. So, depending on who you ask, the chant is either F you, Frank, according to Tyler, or thank you, Frank, according to Jack Douglas. Given the overall tone of the lyrical content of the song and Tyler's mindset at the time, it would appear that his version of the story would bear out, but it's still up for debate. Joe and Alyssa Perry had a son together named Adrian, but divorced in 1982. Steven Tyler has, of course, been in several relationships and marriages over the years, resulting in several children, including his daughter with model B.B. Buell, the actress Liv Tyler. Importantly, he finally got clean from drugs after an intervention from the band and management in 1988 and he remained so for years afterward, in which Aerosmith enjoyed even more successes with albums and tours. Unfortunately, foot surgery in 2022 resulted in a fall off the wagon when he was prescribed painkillers post-surgery, and the band canceled their Las Vegas residency as Tyler sought help. 
Now in his seventh decade, he continues to battle the demons of addiction, like so many other brilliant singers and songwriters. But if Aerosmith has shown us anything over the years, is that they will be back. Since Sweet Emotion, the band have had over 20 top 40 hits in the U.S. and have won four Grammy Awards. They were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2001 and have sold over 85 million albums in the U.S. alone. 25 gold albums, 18 platinum, and 12 multi-platinum albums are under their belt, making them the record holders for RIAA certifications by an American group. Their story is an undeniably American story, a rags-to-riches tale of dogging it out on the road and with each other, battling their own problems and achieving their wildest dreams through hard work and undeniable talent. And while their story has had more than a few bumps along the way, the songs that they've made on their long climb up to the Mount Rushmore of rock will ring out for generations of rockers to come. I'm Janda, and this has been Behind the Song. Special thanks, as always, to Christian Lane for the music you hear on these episodes. If you like it, give it a thumbs up and hit subscribe at the end. You can watch short excerpts of the videos on the Behind the Song podcast TikTok channel. And on the way, much more classic rock and roll.